There are hundreds of families who need help with their loved ones. As part of our Subaru Love Promise, Subaru of Gwinnett has partnered with Plan Pethood to help with animal transportation, adoption fees and clinics, and outreach vaccine clinics to help create a better world for animals. We've supported over 320 animals, 541 vaccinations, and 211 microchips during our Subaru Loves Pets Month initiative. To learn more about how we support our furry friends, go to SubaruofGwinnett.com. It's the Golf Show with Brian Catrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. You know, here's a guy. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the you heard the laughter of Chris Mascaro. So why do you love Liv so much? I'll reach across and slap no. him. We fired J.R. Ross. This court case doesn't matter. I didn't feel the need to acknowledge it. This guy can roll his rock. Big match coming up. I was going to be needing a caddy. What am I? You have circled an area of interest. Oh, I'm just not right. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. I'd be expecting a lawsuit. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the hall, right? Moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm pronating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Help me keep my head down. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me. This is a waste of everybody's time. Gunga, galunga. Happy Sunday morning to you. It is a major championship week here on the Golf Show on the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. I'm Brian Katrick. I'm in Rochester, New York, hosting the PGA Tour radio and uh, and Westwood One radio coverage of this major championship. Chris Mascaro of the Next on the Tee podcast is in our studios in Atlanta along with Colin Madden. Uh, Adam Crooks has gone downstairs to go get Jr. who's going to be way later than Adam thinks he's going to be, which is okay because Adam was 10 minutes late. So I don't really care what's going on with them, Chris. Good morning. Good morning, BJ. Hey, hey, hey. In my defense, there are literally no parking. Every single parking deck is closed. There are no parking. Uh, No, there are not. My my little my adorable little daughter played soccer for like half of one season when she was four, and she came over to the sideline in the middle of one of the games, and and her mother said, "How's uh, how's it going?" and and Lucy said, "Mama, there's too many running. <laughs> <laughs> there's too many running, and there are no parking." <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. Did, did JR make it? I'm here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm here, brother. That is uh, that is uh, that is good work out of you yeah, on 20, the roads. 20, 23 minutes from Dogwood. So if anybody's interested in knowing how long it takes to get here, 23 minutes to the parking lot. Adam waiting for me at the door. Perfect. But I thought there were there were are no parking. <laughs> I parked right at the, uh, in the red parking lot. I walked right out. Actually, it was closer than the green or the orange. Uh, it is. It's tough for us sometimes on game days. So uh, yeah. good work out of Adam to recruit that uh, and, re- and figure it out. Good work yeah. for Jr. to get here in 23 minutes. And uh, and Chris, good work by Chris is just a trooper. Nah, just doesn't, he doesn't, it's yeah. what I do. 
That's what you do. You don't you don't make any waves. You don't you don't point at yourself. You just get here because that's, right. that's the job. Yep. <laughs> that's awful nice. Uh, well, it rained all day yesterday. We are on the uh, cusp of the final round here of the PGA Championship. We got a little bit of a rematch here from the Masters, and you're thinking to yourself, well, what, what is he talking about? Well, it's Brooks versus the world anyway. So, so here we go again. Second major championship in a row that Brooks will take the lead into the final round. He leads by one this time. It was a much bigger lead than that at the Masters. And he's got two guys chasing him and a bunch of other big names behind that. It's Kepka at minus six, then Victor Hovland and Corey Connors at minus five. Bryson DeChambeau is alone at minus three. Justin Rose and Scotty Scheffler are minus two. Rory is one under, and that's it. We got seven players under par, Chris. So everybody that's under par is within five shots of Brooks Kepka. And here goes Kepka again. Uh, Chris Mascaro hosts the Next on the T podcast. He also, in his mind, <laughs> hosts the I Love Live and a it few love, my Live Love. <laughs> uh, you will love Live Two podcast. Uh, there's your guy. What do you think? I like him. I, you know, one of the things that I like what he said following his round yesterday, talking about losing it at the Masters. And look, you know, on Barstool Sports and a couple other places, he talked about how he did choke at the Masters, but he's not going to let that happen this week. So I think what he's alluding to is his mindset wasn't right at the Masters. He, I think he got into a little prevent defense there with that lead instead of going out and playing the golf course and playing to win. And I think that's what he's going to do today. To your point, I think the only guys that really have an opportunity to catch him are the guys that are currently under par. Could Rory go out and shoot a 65-66, and could Brooks go out and shoot 71-72? Sure, that could happen. But I I think Brooks is going to be the Brooks that we saw years ago when he was winning back-to-back majors, and he's going to hold on and win this thing. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's what I think. That's a lot to chew on. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's a lot. Uh, And well-supported. Thank you. Brooks Kepka is three for four in his major championship career with 54-hole leads. Three for four. The one was since he joined the 54-hole league. He has not held up. He's 0 for 1 in his major (laughs) championship career since joining the 54-hole league. There's a punchline here. Uh, Plenty of punchlines. What what is the, uh, the year 1986? mean to uh to you chris do you remember won the masters and won the greatest tournament of all time that's what 1986 it made. was it was the second greatest <laughs> but it was a great golf tournament do you remember who had the 54 hole lead in that major championship i do okay do you remember do, do you remember who had the 54 hole lead in the u.s open which was the next major championship i do do you remember who had the 54 hole lead in the very next one and the one after that <laughs> What's your point? Where are you going at? Greg Norman isn't winning this golf tournament. No, but he the, lives you, on the live. The <laughs> guy that founded the 54-hole league is the only person in history to have the 54-hole Saturday slam. He had the 54-hole lead <laughs> in all four of those majors that year. He did win one of them. He won the, uh, he won the British Open he did win. that year, So, but did not win the others. Uh, most people don't remember because so, they always so remember what you're saying is... Liv plays 54-hole tournaments because Greg wishes that that's the way it was when he was on tour. That's probably a good, that's probably that's, good reasoning, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. 
So uh, the the punchlines write themselves. The 54-hole tournament player has the 54-hole leader again. Uh, Brooks doesn't dig punchlines. So where is he going to be in all this? Well, it's it's not completely in his control. He looks just like the world beater that was out there winning four majors very quickly in his career earlier. He, he did have that saunter yesterday. He had that look in his eyes yesterday. Uh, the game looked that good yesterday. Uh, but this is a tough golf course. It's very demanding. Feels like yesterday was the most demanding day because they were playing it. Somehow they had this combination, JR, of raining every second of the day, at least most of it for them, and rock hard at the same time. I don't know how that was. I, I don't know how they did that. It was magic. Right. Well, I, I got a question for you. It's, it's on the topic of the weather. And on the Saturday, I mean, we know what the weather was like at the Masters on Saturday's third round this year. You were at both. To me, the Masters still looked like it was worse that Saturday because it was raining harder and looked like. But what, what's your compare? What do you draw as a comparison to weather in those two days? Uh, well, this what yesterday was was more British Open. Like there was okay. more wind at the Masters actually, but remember we didn't play all the way through. Right, right. Absolutely. They did not finish on Saturday. We finished Correct. the second round in the morning. Which we would have finished the second round Friday night, but the you know the tree fell down. Right. So we finished the second round in the morning, and the conditions were bad. And they played some of the third round. They got to the seventh hole. Right. That's as far as they got. Right. Because that's that's where they were squeegeeing and squeegeeing. So uh, those conditions were were bad. I, honestly, I think they were both the same. But you played more golf in it yesterday. So, uh, yeah, it was an all dayer. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Just I mean, watching it on TV. I mean. It didn't look like the course conditions got quite as bad as they did in Augusta. It wasn't pretty. Yeah, no, you could tell it wasn't good. No, and that's actually one of the reasons why we didn't talk about it, because it sounds like we're picking on the guy, and we don't (laughs) want to pick on the guy. But Brooks played late early at the Masters. He had by far the best wave, and they don't really have as – it's not a super true late early because they don't have that many players, but – uh, but he got great conditions on Thursday, as everybody did, and he played in the in the calm conditions on Friday, which meant he didn't have to come back on Saturday and finish that round. And he only played seven holes in it on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so that's one of the things that put him where it where it put him. And then obviously, you know, it's the fifty four hole punchline. Uh, but he's got Victor Hovland right there with him in the final round. Uh, that's going to be cool. Can't wait to see how that goes. Corey Connors. You know, the faster the greens get, the better it is for Corey Connors. Make a note. If you want to play a fun game today, make a note how many times Corey Connors leaves a putt short. He is a good <laughs> no. He's a, he's a good lag putter. He is no. always right around the hole, but he leaves lots of them short, which helps him on a week where five under par is going to be the winning score. He doesn't ever put himself in any trouble, it seems. Oh, and that was how Jack Nicholas won a lot of his majors, right? I'm, I'm going to play, and I'm going to make pars and an occasional birdie while all these other guys make mistakes and fall back. So Corey Connors plays that kind of way, goes out and shoots 70 today. Does he have a chance with Brooks, you know, shooting 72-73? Yeah, probably does. Oh, you want it? As a, as a guess, as a guess, what do you, what do you guys think the, the winning score is? How many under par? Not who, so, but what? Yeah, I thought so. What what can win this? I thought ten was going to win at the beginning of the week. Well, ten is definitely going to win. <laughs> yeah, ten, <laughs> ten's, ten's a good one. Yeah, yeah, ten's going to win by uh, by three or four shots. Uh, so it, it's actually very similar to the discussion we had at the Masters. Okay, if if Brooks gets to eight, there's only two guys that can get to eight, and that's Hovland and Connors. Right. 
Right. You know, so True. Brooks just puts this thing completely out of reach if he gets to eight. If Brooks shoots even par or one over, you know, how many players can get to six? Well, the low round of the week so far has been five under. Uh, so who can shoot that and get there? Well, everybody under par can. Uh, Rory, Scotty, Justin Rose, Bryson DeChambeau, Corey Connors, and Victor Hovland. They can all get to six. Well, well it's funny you mentioned Justin Rose because I, I hear he's a master of the Donald <laughs> Ross golf courses. <laughs> Adam Crooks, uh. noting that that uh, Justin Rose has zero wins of his 11 <laughs> on Donald. 11, and he has none on Donald Ross course. It was a little microburst. <laughs> Adam none. gets credit I, for that. Adam, you do get credit for that. Zero. Actually, you know, I can't say for sure zero because he did win the HSBC champions. I'm not positive the course in China was not a Donald Ross. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably wasn't. That's not my fault. <laughs> probably a good bet on that one. Yeah. So uh, so this is fascinating leaderboard. Uh, it really is. You know, I, it, you take, take the, the uh, live part of this out of it, which, by the way, I think the fans have done a good job of. Uh, up here can't really tell there's there was a concerted baba buoy chant after just about every tee shot and i mean they were organized on it i hope that somebody is sending the, those those up there to uh to howard's channel so he can see that <laughs> or and hear that at least but you take that out the resurgence of brooks kepka what, what brooks kepka did by by steamrolling to four major championships as quickly as he did was good for the game it was inspirational to several other players. You know, it, it kind of pulled Dustin Johnson along. It pulled Rory McIlroy along. Uh, you know, it, in a lot of ways, it probably inspired Scotty Scheffler, who was in college back when he was doing that. Uh, don't know what effect it had on Tiger, but Tiger's won a major championship since then. You remember, they were having showdowns. Brooks Kepka, when he is bullying the leaderboard like he is, is good for golf. Uh, you know, I hope he makes it close. Because if he goes out and shoots, oh, if he goes out and shoots three under par, this thing's over with. But you know, uh, uh, here's here's the perfect scenario for me, as as somebody just wants to be entertained this afternoon. Uh, Brooks puts pulls the first one over into the parking lot on the left and makes double at the first, and he's immediately a he's one behind, and b he's mad. Mm-hmm. Now I'm entertained because <laughs> right. he's coming. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Oh, we've seen our share of mad this week, right? With John Rahm and, and yeah. guys throwing clubs and hitting microphones and yelling at cameramen. And we've seen our share of mad. Yeah. 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 So I'm glad that the uh, the casual golf fan is starting to figure this out. John Rahm has, been, has, has had a vendetta against camera people. Since he turned professional, he just isn't comfortable. I I don't know how I would be about it. So I'm not I'm not pointing any fingers, but he has he moves more camera people and he barks at more camera people than anybody I can remember. I mean he's he pickier than than Colin Montgomery when it comes to that. Really? Wow. Yeah. And, and see, nobody knew that because yeah. it just wasn't coming up. Now it's coming up this week and, you know, probably getting mentioned on podcasts and in blogs. <laughs> uh, but let me sound as condescending as I possibly can. Those of us who do this for a living have known this for a long time. Uh, and I'm kind of glad that everybody else knows now because I don't have to cover up for him anymore. Uh, <laughs> that said, an annoyed John Rahm 
He's got this. John Rom's got a he's got a threshold that he can get to. If he's just slightly annoyed, he's in real. You know, that's that's a tough guy to beat. But he will get really annoyed every once in a while, and and just that's the end of him. And apparently, that's what happened this week. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I was stunned to see the club slam on the microphone. I'm like, really, John? I mean, I get you're upset, but you know, you're banging on the ground doing you, on the microphone. Yeah, come on, man. I saw a guy throw a microphone in the water at Quail Hollow once. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Do they charge the, the Do they charge the players for that, or is that? Oh just, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This. Uh, this. I guess the plug was old because it was plugged into a cable, and what he did was he just his ball had hit it on the back of the green at seventeen. I'm not going to tell you who it is. <laughs> Let's go find it. His ball had hit it, and he. Uh, and he was frustrated, so he pulled it out. You know, he knows there's a spike that keeps it in the ground. He pulled it out. He'd done this before as a veteran. But he was slightly annoyed, so he was just going to toss it to his left. He had his back to the green. just going to toss it to his left. But the toss was going to be a little harder because it, it had a cable. And he didn't expect the cable to have as much give. And the cable, I guess, either it unwound or it unplugged, and the microphone just kept going. He tossed it over toward the lake, and it just kept going. Went right over the edge and disappeared. <laughs> just threw it right in the water. <laughs> My Hideki bad. Matsuyama. <laughs> it was not Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. yeah, and so the funny thing about Ron there, Chris, was he said he doesn't remember hitting the microphone. Yeah, yeah, of course that. not. Yeah, I, I don't that. remember. Hey, you know what, though? Sometimes when you're that angry, you do things you don't remember. Yeah, he's he, Andy Pettit. He, he, <laughs> he, no, mis- okay. he misremembered. I misremembered. No, he didn't. He, didn't, he misremembered. <laughs> Well, nice. then my advice to him would be the same advice that uh, one of Payne Stewart's old caddy gave to him. Uh, Payne Stewart was uh, was mad <laughs> and uh, got to, to, I believe this was in Harbortown. I forget who his caddy was, but he uh, he was really mad, steaming when he got to the next tee after something bad that had happened. And he says to his caddy, he says, hand me something to break. <laughs> <laughs> and his caddy said... Why don't you try breaking par? <laughs> wow. Whoa. Wow. Wow. That's good. That is and, good. And he was fired yeah. on the spot. That's what I was going to say. Was gonna say how, how much longer did he have that gig? <laughs> did Payne pull Zero. a guy out of the stands, yeah. out of the road? Yeah. Hey, you. Come okay, here. Let's go. Hold the fast. Can you carry a bag? Let's go. <laughs> He had that gig for zero more minutes. <laughs> How about breaking par? Love it. That's awesome. Yes. So, I mean, uh, John is six over. Uh, it would be a fine idea. That would be a fine strategy going forward. Uh, but, you know, I think the talk of a single-season slam, John Rom came into this week as the number one player in the world. Uh, he was coming in on form. He was one of the favorites. There was no reason not to pick him. Uh, even the flat stick experts who understand <laughs> Donald Ross golf course architecture <laughs> and are also somehow NBA experts, uh, they were all picking him at the beginning of the week. And it was a good pick. Just he didn't have it this week. Uh, and I think all of that got to him. You know, John, if John Rahm had won this week, now you got a guy that's halfway to the single season slam. We never really even got that with Tiger. Uh, because by the time Tiger had done it in, uh, what, I guess it was 2001, you know, he, the Tiger Slam was 2000 and 2001, but he didn't win the Masters in 2000. So he wins the last three of 2000, and he wins the Masters in 2001. 
So that completes the Tiger Slam. Uh, I don't remember if he won the first one. I think he did. So he won the U.S. Open again. So that was two in a row. So had he completed the run there and gotten the single season slam, it actually would have been seven in a row. It would have been so much bigger than just the accomplishment of four in a row, which has only been done one time. So it was hard to fathom that. Uh, but we would have seen that. Had John Rahm, it's, it's like a horse winning the first two legs of the Triple Crown. And, and all of a sudden, can you imagine the microscope that gets put on that on that entire team? The, sure. the pressure on John Rahm would have been immense by the time we got to the L.A. Country Club in June. So talking about the Tiger Slam, if Brooks wins to, you know, today – is going to be the favorite to win the U.S. Open. And now we start talking about a Kepka slam. So going into St. Andrews. Let's let's pump the brakes on. I'm just saying, put that's the, what you're going to start yeah, to think about because he finished second in the Masters. He wins here. He's going to be the favorite at the U.S. Open. Let's let him win today first. Put the pin 100%, back in the grenade, partner. <laughs> 100%. I'm just saying, that's what's going to be the talk if he wins today. Yeah, well, they're not going to play the British Open at St. Andrews, so it's at Royal Liverpool. They don't play every British Open at St. Andrews. They probably should. Um, But, yes, going into the British Open, uh, if he were to win today, and, yeah, I don't know that we're going to talk Tiger Slam just yet, you know, because it just, I don't know that we're there yet. I don't know that the media has evolved to that point. It starts with the Masters, and if your Masters winner wins the next one, it wasn't always this one, it used to be the U.S. Open, then uh, or even contended, then that was the talk, and you saw what it, you know, that talk did to John Rahm. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if somebody, Chris, you could start the wave. Whoever wins, he this already one. has. Yes, <laughs> I think I well, just whoever did. wins, whoever wins this one, you know, you win the second one. Now you can win the Tiger Slam. I haven't really. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. It's an additional storyline. There you go. <laughs> I've never really thought of that. <laughs> whoever wins the second one, if he didn't win the first one, there well, we still go. have yeah. this. Absolutely. Uh, I think you have to win the second one in a row before we start talking about four in a row. You know, and that's what the Tiger, for those who missed it, the, you know, Bobby Jones in 1930 won all four major championships in the same year. Uh, they have the trophies down at Eastlake. If you've ever gotten a chance to go, check them out. They have them all. Now, the four majors at that time were four different tournaments. It was the U.S. Open and the British Open, and it was the U.S. Amateur and the British Amateur. The Masters hadn't been invented yet. And Bobby couldn't play in the PGA Championship because he was an amateur. They only allow professionals. So it was just a different time, and that's what the four majors were. Uh, Tiger won four in a row, but he didn't win the first one of the season. It it wrapped around. Two different accomplishments, uh, two different times. Uh, Who knows? You know, it's it's the blog and podcast era. If you win one, it should be a slam. Everything should be a slam. Slam, slam, slam. I got a question for Chris. Uh Uh-oh. And and I should know this because I'm a Nicholas fan, and I know you're a huge fan. Yep. Did Jack ever win more than two in one calendar year? I know he's won the PGA and the U.S. Open. No, he won the first two. He won the Masters and the the, uh, U.S. Open. And he won the PGA and the U.S. Open in 1980. But I don't know if he ever even won three. No, he came in second. At the okay. at the Open Championship, okay. got close to getting getting to that pressure level, but yeah. no. Okay, three years or three three majors in a year is ridiculous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Two, two is yeah. ridiculous. Two is yeah. Yeah, yeah. That so. All right, so that's uh, we we haven't gotten very far on the leaderboard. We're going to continue to talk about the PGA Championship as we continue. We've got the entire team there. J.R. Ross made it there faster than uh, than Adam Crooks did. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. That was unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's 
headlock, good, baby. It's good, though. <laughs> Kepka leads by a shot. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. All right, who's driving? Ray Judice has become a Michael Block fan. I have become a Michael Block fan, and I want you to become a Michael Block fan too. You're going to get a chance because Michael Block is playing with Rory McIlroy today. Who's Michael Block? Well, he's the guy that hit driver off the deck on the 17th hole yesterday, knocked it up on the green like it was nothing. Well, that didn't answer the question. Who's Michael Block? He's one of the 20 PGA professionals that's in this field, and he is currently even par. He's tied for eighth. Michael Block is six off the lead. Tommy Fleetwood, seven off the lead. <laughs> Rory's five off the lead. Michael Block is is having a trip. This is his fifth PGA Championship. He was second in the tournament that determines the 20 that get here. We had a couple of guys. Anthony Cordes from the, uh, the Cherokee Town and Country Club is the lone Georgia representative in the PGA Championship, and we're super proud of him. But I want a Michael Block head cover. Uh, I've just become a gigantic <laughs> Michael Block fan. Uh, the best a club professional has ever finished in the PGA Championship is a tie for 11th. Michael Block is tied for 8th right now. He has shot even par in all three of the first rounds. That's who's driving, brought to you by Ray Judice. Uh, JR, you are a PGA professional. This guy is walk. He First of all, as Chris Mascaro pointed out, he's a Dave Batista lookalike. <laughs> he is. He yeah. really is. Yeah, he is. I, I didn't see that, but yeah, he definitely is. Chris, that is a great find. If you're not following Chris on Twitter, good, because he talks about a bunch of dumb stuff with live and stuff. But, uh, wow. Wait a minute. No, I, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said it that way. What I meant to say was. Irrelevant? Irrelevant? No. Oh, no, just no, the no, arrows no, no, no. are coming left and no. right. It's, it's, so you, so you take them so well. Chris Mascaro is the most positive person on social media, period. Uh, I, I don't know how you do it, but I'm glad you do it because you're holding the banner. You're holding it high, which keeps some of us around because, honestly, <laughs> social media is a waste of time, uh, especially with what it is. And you have shown that it actually might be able to be positive. That fine. If you can see where you are on Twitter and you can go see the uh, the split screen of Michael Block and Dave Batista, that was a great find. <laughs> yeah. And he's got raw on his, on his uh, head. I'm not sure it's not the same guy. I'm still not sure. Yeah, Could he's uh, he's playing the tailor-made raw wedges, <laughs> and he's uh, his hat just says the word raw on it. He's wearing Nike gear. Jr. This guy he does this. He lives the same life you do. He's he's out there teaching. He's behind the counter, and yet here he is playing with Rory today. He could win the PGA Championship if he gets his flat stick running. <laughs> you know, you know. And I listened to him yesterday when he was playing the hole. You know, they interviewed him. And uh, he 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 sounds like he feels like he belongs, and he does. I mean, obviously, when he's playing, he doesn't seem like the moment's too big for him, and I love that. And how great was yeah. his reaction when he found out he was going to be paired with Rory today? Yeah, that was I didn't fantastic. See it. Yes, I mean that's that's great. I mean, I kudos was to him. Bike. He's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I can't I can't even imagine going that deep in in, in any in any event on the tour, but let alone a major. 
That's, hey, yeah. He's playing with house money. Yes. Right? I mean, he's even part. Have a good time. Your pair with Rory McIlroy. How, like you said, he's living the dream. How great is that? It's a bit of an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the, the reaction where his, his knees kind of buckled and he rolled his head back when uh, – when he found out he was playing with Rory, that was nice and honest. But I actually liked the other Michael Block. I liked the Michael Block that we were seeing in you know during the round. He right. was kind of had a he had a little strut. Yeah, you know he he knew he didn't belong there. He knows. <laughs> he, but, he knows. But, he but we wouldn't have known he didn't know. <laughs> right. He's read That's his awesome. resume. But what's <laughs> happened? But what's happened is. The crowd has adopted him. He is the ultimate underdog. They've adopted him, but instead of acting like an underdog, he's acting like Ric Flair. He's <laughs> acting like yeah, he's right. the favorite. And right. that, that the crowd's even liking that even more. I mean, this guy is playing a part, and yes. it is a wonderful part to see, and I am rooting for Michael Block today. Yeah. Me too. How how great would it be if he makes a move, you know, early and gets himself to two, three under par, yeah. and the crowd starts getting behind him? I mean, that's that's going to you know energize him even more, and That'd that's going to reverberate. It would be a great story. It's hard to imagine. Like I said, the best start for fans. Uh, you know, other than Chris, uh, is Brooks hits the first one. <laughs> Brooks hits the first one. You know, it does something bad on the first hole and gets mad because, A, it makes it a golf tournament, and, B, now he's mad. I, I So you would think a dream start for Michael Block would be birdie the first two holes. I don't know about that. Honestly, I think the best – because, I mean, that's too much pressure. I think the best thing for Michael Block is – Hang around. We're, we're really giving a scenario where Michael Block's going to win the PGA Championship. <laughs> hang around. Live. Hang around. Somehow be still even or one or two over when you get to 13 and 14. Somehow eagle that 13th or the 14th. 13's a par 5 that these guys have been reaching. 14's the drivable par 4. You can play that stretch three under in two holes. Nobody's done it, but you can. You can certainly birdie the both of the, both of those holes, and plenty of people have done that. So all of a sudden, you come through 13 and 14, and bang, now you're one shot back. But you only have a few holes left to think about it. I think that's the best scenario for Michael Block. If you're one or two back as you're standing on the 15th tee, uh, 17 and 18 are impossible. You don't right. want to have to sit there and think about it while you're playing four and know that all that danger's in front of you. Get all the danger behind you. Be in contention with only a couple holes left. Yeah. At that point, anything can happen. Well, I agree because, you know, like you said, there's a lot for being in your comfort zone. And if he did birdie the first couple holes, and yeah, that's not going to be his comfort zone. He's not been there in something of this magnitude. So I agree with you 100%, BK. Yeah. He could kind of, you know, you know what you want to say he backed into it, but that would kind of be a little bit of a backdoor into it uh, in the way that it could happen. It could. Yeah, we don't care what order you make your right. birdies. Right. You know, he's he's going to need some help. He's going to need three under to be the winning score, which it could easily be. Sure. Uh, and then he's need just in my opinion for him to get to three under, he needs to get there late. And um, here's the thing: I've put a lot of thought into Michael Block tournament <laughs> winning scenarios, <laughs> which I've never done ever before. Yeah. Nor has probably anyone else, maybe other than his wife. I don't think Michael has either. Right. right I say his wife did that. Here's my best Michael Block story. Speaking of his wife, who I've never met, um, a couple years ago, they played the PGA Professional Championship out and, uh, at Fort Ord, Northern California. Uh, the Bayonet course and the uh, the Seaside course at Fort Ord, they're very tough. 
and and they're playing it, and he's on TV. You know, we, we, they they televise it, and he hits a shot left on one of the holes. He's got his son, probably a fourteen year old son, on the bag, and mom's back. She, she's not there. She's at home. So he hits a tee shot left, and it goes into the base of a tree and falls into a hole and disappears. Okay, so that's going to be, even though we know where the ball is, he's got to identify that ball. And if he can identify it, it's probably going to be a burrowing animal hole. He's going to get burrowing animal relief. So he walks right up to the hole, and the hole is deep enough to where you can't, you know, it's dark. You can't see in it. And he doesn't want to reach his hand in there to get that ball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's just he's just going to go back to the tee and hit three off the tee, and it's probably going to do him in. His 14-year-old, whose hands don't matter for the rest of this tournament, <laughs> decides to reach his hand into that burrowing animal hole, and sure enough, he finds the golf ball, pulls it out. Michael Block gets a free drop, winds up making whatever he makes on the hole, which is two shots better than whatever he would have made on the hole because his son was brave enough to stick his hand into that burrowing animal hole where the burrowing animal could still have been. That's, that's good. That's a great story. That, I don't know that's, if you've ever, that's brave. I don't know if you've ever seen a burrowing animal, but they are all generally made to burrow. They have lots of sharp <laughs> things sticking off of them. Yes. Their little faces and their little I'm paws. anti-turtle. Yes. <laughs> They're way more active than those stupid turtles. <laughs> and it could have been a snake, oh by the way. Could yeah. have. Yeah. No, it's yeah. um a goose. Nothing 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 good down there that was moving yeah. would have been good. No. Yeah. But I just kept thinking, Mom's not there. You know, there was no way mom was letting her baby put her hand, his hand down in that hole. Whereas dad's like, it's going to save us two shots, son. (laughs) You'll be fine. Don't worry. Oh, I don't know. Brian, I don't know. There's plenty EMTs around. You'll be fine. I don't know, Brian. My wife might have been the one. She might have been the one that said, no, go get it. She's hardcore. You're right. You're right. She's tough. And I don't know if, if the son did it on his own or what. I just know that mom wasn't around, and that, that happened a couple years ago. And I just, I, I'm a big Michael Block fan at this point. So, yep. uh, all right. Uh, guys that missed this cut. Uh, this, this cut comes at low 70 and ties at the PGA Championship. No 10-shot rule. It took five over to make the cut. Jordan Spieth made it on the number. Justin Thomas made it on the number. Phil Mickelson made it on the number. But guys that missed it, uh, Ricky Fowler misses it by one shot. Matt Fitzpatrick misses it by one shot. Uh, I'm looking for other massive names that missed. I mean, there's Billy there Horschel. Did Billy Horschel? Yeah, there, there are 81 Co- players in this field that had Co- won. Hideki Matsuyama, Matt Kuchar. Yep, Hideki, Jason Day, Jason Day Harris yeah. English, 2016 Masters champion Danny Willett. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Matt Matt Kuchar's a big name. He missed the cut. Cooch, Dan, Danny Willett. I just kind of skated by that one. <laughs> Danny Willett, didn't I? He's, he's angling for that Danny Willett jersey. Yeah. Jason, yeah. Jason Day, one last week, missed the cut. Yeah. Hey, Jason Day also missed the cut. <laughs> He's no apparently. Danny. He's no Danny Willett, but he, apparently Jr. missed J- it. Yeah, hey, Jason Day missed the cut. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that, Colin. Jr. <laughs> <JR> sometimes <laughs> listens to the show, but not does, always. Does anybody know how Jason Day did? <laughs> I think he I missed, think he the, missed cut. the cut. He and Danny Willett. 
I was so enamored with Danny Willett missing the cut. I went right by the Jason Day. Yeah, so. well, that's okay. Uh, so, you know, that was uh, at five over, by the way. That was It was rough, but that happens in all of them. Jason Day didn't play a practice round, Chris. Just came out here, a golf course that these guys hadn't seen since 2013, and they've pretty much changed every inch of it. Uh, and he did not play a practice round. What'd you think? Yeah, well, there you go. That you pay the price, right? And I look, Jason Day just won for the first time in years. Let him revel in having won a, a tournament and all of that sort of thing, and everything <laughs> wow. that admit that admit, I mean, it's true. No, he hasn't won a golf tournament in many years. He's had a lot of injuries. He wins. Hey, look, if you're going to spend some time with the family and revel in the fact that you're back and enjoy the moment and all that sort of stuff, God bless you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you in a major. But, you know, hey, sometimes getting all the way back means a lot, too. Yeah. And he it's missed the call. cut. And he didn't, he didn't make he, the cut. He did, he did miss the cut. <laughs> he missed the cut. Rumor has it. Darn, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't see I it. I thought you'd bring that one up. Sam, Bur- <laughs> Sam Burns missed the cut, though. That's a, that's a Georgia boy. You know? No, he's not. He's not? No. <laughs> he went to he Georgia. Went to he went to LSU. He, he's not from Georgia, though? <laughs> no, lives in Mississippi. I thought he was from Georgia. Okay. Yeah. All right. My bad. Uh, he, but, but, hey, does anybody see how Jason Day did? I think he, I think he missed the cut. I'm not 100% sure. He missed the cut sure. with Danny Willis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they can all go fishing with Sam Burns at his favorite fishing hole in here in Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Lake Hartwell. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, We'll take a break. (laughs) Apparently, we got to regroup. This is what happens when the coach doesn't call that timeout when the other team starts scoring. That's right. (laughs) This is is what happens. So we will step aside. Uh, The final round of the 105th PGA Championship is later today. We will talk about it next. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Of sharp things sticking off of them. Yes. Their little faces and their little paws. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> They're way more active than those stupid turtles. And pour me something tall and strong, make it a hurricane. I, I, are you insinuating that I've been drinking already on a Sunday morning? <laughs> <laughs> it's the golf show on the fan. 680 and 93.7 FM. It is Championship Sunday at the PGA Championship. Chris Mascaro, J.R. Ross, Adam Crooks, and Cullen Madden back in our studios in the Battery Atlanta. Uh, I'm Brian Katrick. I'm up here in Rochester, which is delightful, by the way. I was here uh, 10 years ago for Jason Duffner's triumph and uh, uh, enjoyed the city. Stayed downtown 10 years ago. And downtown is, you know, unfortunately, a lot of things have closed up here. Uh, it was a Kodak city. George Eastman lived here. Actually had a connection to the golf course. Uh, they had a golf course built up in the city, up on the Genesee River. And it was there in 1901. And about 19, or right around 1920 or so, George Eastman decided he wanted to buy that piece of land because he wanted to expand the University of Rochester. So they brought Donald Ross in and Donald Ross found this patch of land down here south of the city and said, Hey, I can build you a golf course down there. That's even better than the one up here. And that's what they did. And then Justin uh, Rose. Right. appeared. <laughs> yes. And Justin Rose said, I'm going to master this golf course, just like all the other Donald Ross golf courses. And he it's missed the cut. Yes. Hey, he did. He did. He still missed the cut. Hey, uh, no. 
No, oh. Justin Rose did no, not Justin, miss no. the cut. No, but Jason Day did. We, thank you for that. <laughs> well, Brian, Brian, speaking of, speaking of you know Championship Sunday, you've neglected to mention this also. You know, member member champion. You're past member member champion. You're dogwood. I, you're darn right, I am, you and are. I'm so glad you brought that up. You know, uh, it, that's going on over it, it, there. You know, in the nonfiction division, 71 was low. Oh wow! Yeah, four and teams the, uh, tied at 71. Wow, and in the rest of the divisions, <laughs> yeah. 61 was like fourth. There, there was a 61 out there yesterday. <laughs> no, of course there was. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. In the fiction division. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's, here's one other cool, uh, cool Oak Hill note. Uh, go back to the 1989 U.S. Open. They don't this, – this whole – since they redid the Donald Ross layout – this hole doesn't exist anymore. Uh, one of the holes is gone. But a 1989 U.S. Open, they had the uh, the par three sixth. Now five is a par three, and six is the toughest hole on the golf course. Uh, but they had four aces inside of 90 minutes on the Whoa. same hole in the U.S. Open. Wow. In 89? 89. Wow. On a Friday morning, Doug Weaver... Mark Wiebe, Jerry Pate, and then Nick Price all made aces inside of an hour and a half on that hole in the second round of the U.S. Open. That would have to be a record. And I've got Mark Wiebe coming up on the show Tuesday night, so there you well, go. Well, ask him about that. because now, it, And the punchline is the hole doesn't exist anymore. It's not even there. <laughs> wow. So, so there you go. That's crazy. I guarantee you that's never happened before. Yeah, never. good call. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty safe to assume. It's the whole. That's right. That's why we brought it up. <laughs> and, and it won't happen again. It won't happen again on that hole. The... <laughs> and Jason right. Day still hasn't made the cut. And he still missed the cut. <laughs> Take a look at the people that missed the cut here. <laughs> All right. Uh, storylines and clear storylines. Uh, Chris, you're blowing the live trumpet for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> You got Brooks and Bryson. They played together yesterday, and they played well yesterday. They, they, Brooks shot sixty six. Yeah, Bryson shot even. Um, but you remember, they didn't always get along. And you're right. And they played nice together. Played nice together. Do we think that they get along now? I think I, I think they tolerate one another now. I think it was more overblown in, in the years past when. It was clear they didn't like one another. I think they have learned to coexist. I'll, I'll, I'll go that far. Maybe. Bryson, Bryson I don't seems a little more mellow now. In the last, he, he seemed like he mellowed out a little bit. Yeah. Lost Brooks, a lot of weight. Because Brooks, some has, things. Brooks hasn't. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bryson has indeed slimmed down. Now, he's still yeah. bigger than he used to be. Uh, he's Now he's the guy you hand the ball to. There was a year there, a few months during a year there, where he was the guy that blocks for the guy with the ball. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, now he looks more like the guy you hand the ball to or maybe the guy handing the ball off. Right. Uh, but still very fit. He was attacking the game from a distance standpoint because that, frankly, was the loophole in the rules. Hitting the ball far is the most important skill. It shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, and Bryson just said, okay. Well, I'll just get to where I can hit it forever and figure it out from there. And by the way, he was pretty good from there. Yes. Uh, and uh, we wondered, would his body hold up? And the answer is clearly no. But 
it wasn't from a from an hey I broke my elbow swinging at 500 miles an hour. He talked about digestively. He couldn't handle the diet. He wasn't sleeping well. He was having internal digestive issues with the diet required to stay that big, uh, which was a. <laughs> We're hitting all kinds of new lows in this show. Good thing I got this can of Lysol next to me right now. That's not exactly what I think he meant, but perceptive nonetheless. All right, Chris, who wins this thing? Brooks Kapka wins this thing, and he wins it by three. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's not close. So why do you love Liv so much? All right, and so when he wins... Does he come back to the PGA Tour tomorrow, or are we waiting a week? How? Because you know he doesn't want to keep playing the exhibition tour. He's proven he can play with the real players and the real tournaments. What? Uh, how hard should it be for him to come back? Uh, well, I mean, if we're going to talk about it across the board, I think you know you got to do your time and penance to, before you can come back. But I, if I'm Brooks Kepa, why do I want to come back? I'm playing for more money. I get to play in shorts. I get to play 54 holes, and I get to come back and play in the majors for the next who knows how long. Why am I because coming back so I can play in the fairly ridiculous classic? Why do I care? You're, because your wife is pregnant, and as soon as she has that baby, you're not going to want to go to Singapore on the date they're making you go to Singapore. And if you're a PGA Tour player, you can play whenever you want, wherever you want. You're playing against the best players. That's why Brooks Kepka, if he wins and has five majors, would want to leave the circus tour. That's why. I don't see it. Well, okay. He doesn't see it. JR. I don't see it. I see what it. about Jason Day? He, he's he, he's going to see it. He's going to see it on TV today because he missed the cut. Oh, because by the way, by pregnant, the way, for what it's and worth, as soon as she has that baby, you're not going to want to go to Singapore. By the way, for whatever it's worth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, spoiler alert, who does win today, for Uh-oh. real. Okay. okay. Who Victor, wins? Victor Hovland's going to win today. Victor Hovland. Put it down. I, I got the John Rahm. I got Jason Day winning oh, last that's, week. That's a good call. And I picked pick Jason Rahm. Day last week on the show to win, and he won. Yeah. And Hovland's your winner. Wow. JR no- notoriously picked the America's Cup winner when New Zealand upset Ted Turner's <laughs> United States team. He had that. And I told you Jason Day missed the cut. I mean, yes. he had the U.S. over Russia and then 80. He had that because yeah. of the flat stick. He had Nicholas um, in 86. I did. Adam Crooks, who wins? I got to go with Michael Block. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, Cullen. Sorry, Cullen. He just ruined it for you. <laughs> Boys in the back are riding together. All right. You're both going with Michael Buck and or Danny Willett. Who uh, you got, BK? Uh, Tiger. Tiger's going to win. Never before has anybody ever not entered in one. Great show, everybody. Braves later today. Enjoy the PGA Championship. Have a great day. I'm anti-turtle. Giving back has always been our culture at Subaru of Gwinnett. During the Subaru Loves to Help initiative, we're partnering with our friends at Rainbow Village to provide coats, shoes, and socks to those dealing with homelessness. At Subaru of Gwinnett, our hope is that these essential items will not only keep those in urgent need protected, warm, and dry, but that it can have a significant impact on their mental and emotional well-being. Subaru of Gwinnett, more than a car dealer. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? 
You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. 